must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's time for the final countdown. The show starts in... Welcome back after a long weekend. Actually, a normal size weekend, but we had a football Sunday, like I talked about last week, which is always the best Sunday, especially opening weekend for the football season. So hopefully everybody decided to enjoy watching football. Hopefully your fantasy teams did good, all your bets held out, and you overall, overall you had fun. Me, it was all right. It was a great weekend up until last night when my stomach started, my stomach bubbling. Just, I mean, I was fine the entire day. Didn't feel... Didn't even know I ate anything that would turn my stomach over. Decided to lay down and go to sleep like one does on a Sunday night. I didn't drink anything. You know, it was water the whole time. I had a Gatorade Zero. Like it was nothing. I did anything weird. It wasn't like I went out drinking all day or anything. I didn't. I had wings, but, you know, they were homemade. They, You know, I, I mean, I cook them the same every time. I don't know. I laid down and I'm like, what is going? Like it, it was like as soon as I laid down for bed, it didn't happen in the shower. It didn't happen 10 minutes before I got went to sleep. Like it happened as soon as I laid down, turned my phone off. I was like, yeah, something feels kind of funny in my stomach, my stomach bubbling. And then, dude, I was up until like four in the morning, <laughs> just every fucking 20 minutes going to the bathroom. So not that you guys want to hear about me talk about the toilet situation, but man, it was in there for a while. But today, obviously, Monday morning, it is 9-11, September 11th, probably, I would say, the most famous holiday. Whoa, not a holiday. <laughs> Whoa, uh, most famous day in American history. I think it's up there with, I guess, like July 4th, 1776, Pearl Harbor, and then 9-11. Like, I think you can make an argument for any one of them, but I feel like 9-11 is probably number one uh, in terms of remembrance because you can't go anywhere i mean i'm in new jersey so it's closer to where all the shit happened so i don't know if it's that but i'm pretty sure it's not because i remember being in south carolina and 9-11 was everywhere around 9-11 uh, it was a obviously a terrible fucking day so we're not going to make light of it um there's i think there was like three 5ks today at work it was a 5k in the morning to remember 5k at noon and a 5k after work to remember and then there was a whole bunch of shit mixed in the middle and like it's like one of those things like uh are we milking this thing a little bit like are you taking advantage of it like we had suicide i mean i didn't go to work today because of the stomach issue called in sick because again i was up till like 4 30 in the morning it was miserable and i was like yeah i can't i i would i knew i was gonna feel better in the morning like once i slept because like obviously it passed through but i'm like i'm not gonna survive being at work today like i'm gonna be a miserable i'm gonna be a zombie so i'm like oh, i just might as well call in sick so i think this is only the fourth time in my whole career i've called in sick so um anyway they've kind of tied everything there was a whole list of events today it was like suicide prevention training in remembrance of 9-11 and it was like does this have to do with 9-11 at all like are we just tying like are we just tying everything to 9-11 at this point because it seems like some of the shit was kind of wild and like there was a 5k in the morning it's like a 5k to remember i'm like does that have is there any relevance 
to 9-11? Like, is there any kind of relation at all to 9-11 and a 5K? And they're like, well, it's to remember. I'm like, no, I get you. You keep saying it's to remember, but like, did anyone run a 5K on 9-11? Like, it was, was there a 5K scheduled that day? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are we doing 5Ks? Why, is there, why are there three of them lined up? And like, you, it's like, oh, you have to choose one. It's like, can I just be at my desk? This is, the, this is all the questions I got on Friday. And some of them yesterday, too, from people like, do we have to go to this shit? And I'm like, look, man, like this is and I've said this before, like 9-11 is one of those things you can't like say no to t- and say no to like the movies, like war movies, military movies. Like the reason I don't enjoy them is for the same reason. Like it's hard to argue against them because you all I have to say is like, oh, you just don't want to remember 9-11 then? Like you make the pe- person feel bad. You they, they feel guilty for not doing it. So it's like, I guess we're running fucking... 5k's today so the overall choice i gave them was you have to go to you have to go to pt in the morning so that's a that's always a mandatory monday morning thing so you have to go to pt so if they make you run for pt then so be it i'm like the other shit you don't have to go to like if you don't want to go to suicide prevention training fine if you don't want to do the other 5k fine like you know let you just don't do it it's not worth it but there are people out there that say that shit like oh you don't want to do it it's because you don't you don't want to remember 9 11 it's like no it's that's not the case at all it's just that you're tying everything to 9-11 at this point you're making this seem like it's such a fucking everything is like attached to it like oh like DraftKings had that they had a promotion today for 9-11 like are you kidding like DraftKings are you like are you serious you just didn't think of it like come on you just didn't think like hey we probably shouldn't put a promo out on 9-11 for 9-11 like so there's a bunch of bullshit now that's just we're gonna just throw 9-11 on it and wrap it in the flag and we're going to be good to go. But I'm not here to talk about that because I can go on all day about propaganda and all that stuff. And we're also not going to talk about all the conspiracies that got involved. We're definitely not going to talk about Building 7 falling down without being hit by a plane. Uh, we're definitely not going to talk about the pl- the towers falling down themselves because even though they're proofed and certified to withstand airplanes hitting them, they still fell. We're not going to talk about jet fuel not being hot enough to burn or melt steel beams and then finding a pile of molten metal in the rubble weeks later. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about Larry Silverstein taking out an insurance policy who owned the buildings weeks before 9-11 and having a provision in there that was paid out for terrorism. And you got to remember, this was a time before terrorism was even a word. Like the word obviously existed, but it wasn't a thing what it is now. So we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about no plane ever being in the frame of the Pentagon when it gets hit, even though it's the most secured building in the entire world. It has been since its fucking inception. The only building that's more secure is the White House, I would assume. But we're not going to talk about how there's no plane crashing into that. And the video they did release was like six years later. Not going to get into that. We're not going to get into the workers that were in the buildings those days saying they heard bombs going off explosions that were under them, not above them, shaking the entire foundation, blowing out the windows in the lobby. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about the earthquake or earthquakes that were recorded 15 seconds before the buildings falling down, indicating that there wasn't some sort of explosion in the ground 15 seconds before the buildings each came down. Definitely not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. We're just not going to do it. We don't have time to get into it. And you know, it's not the day for it. You know, the day for it was yesterday. The day for the day for that is tomorrow. So today we're going to go through what actually happened. I use that term lightly. So 9-11, like I said, you know, one of the more notable, probably the most notable date in U.S. history. 8.46 a.m. American Airlines Flight 11 crashes into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. 
a Boeing 67 departs departed from Boston en route to Los Angeles. It was hijacked and crashed into the floors 93 to 99 of the North Tower. At 9.03 a.m., United Airlines Flight 175 crashed into the South Tower of the World Trade Center. Another Boeing 767, this plane also left Boston bound for Los Angeles. This plane hit floor 77 to 85. At 9.37, American Airlines Flight 77 crashed into the Pentagon. The Boeing 757 left Washington Dulles International Airport for Los Angeles. It was diverted by hijackers and crashed into the western side of the Pentagon, killing 125 people in the building in addition to the passengers and the crew. At 9.59 a.m., almost an hour later, after being hit, the South Tower imploded due to structural failure caused by intense fires. Thousands of people were still inside. 10.03 a.m., United Airlines Flight 93 crashes in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Passengers learned about the other attacks. They attempted to retake the plane from the hijackers. The plane en route to, from Newark to San Francisco crashed into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, killing everyone on board. 10.28 a.m., the North Tower collapses. Similar to the South Tower, the structural integrity of the tower was compromised by the heat generated from burning jet fuel. The tower collapsed, causing further loss of life and immense destruction. And then later in the day, roughly seven hours later, 5.20 p.m., World Trade Center 7, a 47-story office building located north of the main World Trade Center complex, collapsed late in the afternoon. The building had been evacuated earlier in the day and was on fire, but its sudden and symmetric collapse led to various theories and discussions about its cause. The 9-11 Commission report and subsequent studies by the National Institute of Standards and Technology concluded that the fires exacerbated by the absence of water supply for sprinklers and manual firefighting led to the building's collapse. So that's the that's the story they're going with. But again, that's that's how the day the events of that day went down. How it unfolded. And obviously it changed the way we live our lives and do all this stuff. How we're under constant surveillance. I went over this back this is actually one of my more popular podcasts about surveillance and the torture programs and all that stuff. How the event of 9-11 kind of f- pushed all this stuff into happening because everything was cloaked in the we need it for national security. So we're going to do it because we don't want another 9-11 on our hands, which is fine. Not really, but we can get into that at a different time. So since 9-11, actually, I wouldn't say since 9-11, in the wars in Afghanistan and, and in Iraq following 9-11, there have been... 2,402 United States military deaths due to the war in Afghanistan, which lasted from 2001 to 2021. 1,921 of those deaths were a result of hostile action. And an additional 20,700 service members were also wounded during this time. So it's without... It's not without a price. Uh, we were there for way too goddamn long in Afghanistan. The biggest stretch of deaths, or the most deaths in a single year, I don't know why I said that, like it was like a home run streak, but happened in 2010, we had 498 deaths total, almost got to 500, but that was also when we were surging. So we went into Afghanistan in 2001, or late 2001, early 2002, we got in there, uh, you know, doing our thing. We pulled back a little bit, we sent some troops to Iraq, and then 2000. 2010, Obama initiated a surge where we 
just throw more troops in there and we fucking go to town. So it makes sense why the numbers went up then. And then they went back up a little bit in 2012 because I think there was another mini surge. They called it something. It was on the news, if you remember. They called it something. It was like a mini surge or some shit they referred to it as. But yeah, 2010 had the most most U.S. military deaths because we were also pushing into the country a lot more to try to end this whole thing quicker. But it turned into a quagmire similar to Vietnam where there's no end game. It was just we're going to be here forever unless we just leave. And then President Biden ended up pulling the trigger on it and was like, we just got to get the fuck out, like leave everything just get as many people as we can out. And there we go. I believe in that process, we lost about seven service members during the evacuation. And obviously the Afghan refugees that we brought over, which was estimated, I think it was like, I don't know, 25,000. Maybe it was 25,000 just where I went to take care of them. Could have been a hundred grand, hundred, hundred thousand. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, that's the, uh, there's a whole lot to unpack with 9-11. There's a whole lot of, it's a sprawling tree of events. So like, Everything can be tied. A lot of things can be tied back to the events that happened on 9-11. But there's also the un- the heroes we don't think about, the ones that uh, we often forget about. And these are the dogs that actually helped during 9-11. So if you see videos, I mean, they have documentaries and shit. I think Time Magazine was probably the... I th- before my house burned down, <laughs> That mag- I would read that. It was a... Lo- was it Times or Life? I don't know. It was one of them. They had like a legit, like they dedicated like an entire like 60 pages to 9-11. And it was like a minute by minute thing going on. And they did talk about the dogs in that. And they've talked about the dogs since then. So um, being that I have a dog, Brady, who whom we all know, uh, the dogs were obviously very important in searching for humans because they their noses are designed for this type of shit. And before that, dogs were actually trained for search and rescue, but mostly in like the woods. Like, hey, my kid ran off in the woods. I can't find him. Or we got to find a dead body. Shit like that. They weren't actually made to go into a city of burning rubble and search through um, a pile of fucking debris, especially a massive pile of debris like that. That's burning. There's smoke. There's fumes. There's toxic chemicals, all this stuff. But the dogs do it. You know, that's what dogs do. They just do things. You know, they, they don't bitch. They don't complain. And they went in, took care of it. A famous, a famous dog, Brittany, which is spelled in French, B-R-E-T-A-G-N-E. So I'm pretty sure it's, according to my research, which is just Googling how to pronounce this word, it says Brittany, but it's the French version of Brittany. So it's probably like Britannia or something. Made headlines in August 2015 because of her 16th birthday with, with her handler, Denise Corliss, which is which was a member of the Texas Task Force who was there on 9/11. Brittany, who turned 17 or died in June of 2016 before she turned 17, was there on 9/11 and helped search and rescue. You could see the dog on the airplane, uh, not in the airplane, the helicopter getting like airlifted around. It's a funny looking video. It's a funny look because you just see a dog hanging out on there. But when this shit happened, they're like, hey, we got to find people. Like, humans don't have noses that can do this shit. Like, we can hear really good, but there's a lot of shit going on. There's fires going, there's construction, there's chainsaws, and it's chaotic. But a dog, you give it a scent, you say, go find that scent, this thing's gonna go. Brady does the same shit. This dude can, Brady sniffs out everything. He doesn't fuck around. So these dogs with their unlimited scent were perfect for this. They're like, send them in. But they did work. They were overworked pretty easily. Um, but they don't bitch. You know, that's the thing. They don't complain about it. They just keep, that's their job. Like, my job is to go find humans. The first time they were deployed was in the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. Uh, there was, that was the first time they used dogs in, in, in a environment that wasn't the woods or outside. 
they were like, hey, these dogs can actually do this for like anywhere. We need to invest money in this. So they came up with the National Disaster Search Dog Foundation. And you can get your dog trained or a dog gets trained. It costs about $10,000. So you donate money to this and they train dogs for these occasions. When shit goes awry, earthquakes, tornadoes, and people are stuck in structures, they're like, hey, we have dogs that can figure this out. We just got to find the scent. So they obviously there's different types of dogs, German Shepherds. Belgian Malinois, and then of course, Golden Retrievers. And not only do they go out and sniff, but some of them are just therapy dogs. So those are the fun kind of dogs. Like obviously they're all, every dog is fun. What am I talking about? But there's dogs that, so these the, the working dogs are out there sniffing, they're going through the rubble, they're barking, they're doing their thing. And then the firefighters come back, they go to rest because they're working in shifts and stuff. They're sitting there and then a friendly dog comes up, starts just rubbing on them a little bit or like laying at their feet, stuff like that. And the firefighters are like, this is actually therapeutic. Like in, the, in the worst time possible, it was nice to see an animal that just is happy to see you. You know, the animal doesn't know what's going on around it. It just knows that someone needs some cheering up and that's what they're there for. Firefighters quoted as saying it's a, it was a ray of sunshine on a bleak day because it was all the fucking dust and shit in the air and smoke and all this stuff. And then you see a little golden retriever, or a little dog come running up and it's just happy to see you. You know, and you're, if you don't, you're burnt out working too goddamn hard and here comes this little ball of sunshine just ready to play with you you know they're just happy to be there and the firefighter said like it helped uh, it helped out the morale a lot that they were just there was still these little things you can hang on to that brought a little bit more joy so the unsung heroes uh the dogs of that day i think there were over a hundred that worked that day a lot of them have since crossed the rainbow road because dogs don't last that long and they inhaled a lot of chemicals and stuff but you know they were there doing their thing and they did save a lot of lives they did point out where a lot of humans were or remains were that day because a lot of things just were going on at the time and they had one job was to go in there and you find people they didn't bitch they didn't complain not not that the firemen or anyone nypd or the emts or first responders did or anything but you know they just some of them worked until they were completely exhausted and you know so that's something that shouldn't be forgotten but moving to a lighter subject uh still gonna stay on 9-11 but if you guys remember for those who were around who were born you know because some people weren't born there's people i work with that weren't born during 9-11 it's fucking wild um or if you were old enough to remember the first couple days back after 9-11 uh people were freaking out obviously um and it was chaotic it was like the weeks it was the days like immediately after and the following i mean at least i would say like six months but like that that first week after it was like what do we do right it was do we just continue to live like you know what i mean like what are we doing now this just happened is anything safe is there like do we go back to normal like what the hell is going on because it was a different time especially i mean i lived in long island and like yeah we're not we don't it's not part of the city but it's still new york and we had a lot of people like friends that lived in the city or in new jersey i family and just one of those things it's like how do you handle it like what do you do do you, do you go visit the city again because like is it safe you know you just want to get back to it and sure they canceled baseball games in the city after that but 10 days later i'm not even a met fan but mike piazza the one of the most famous if not the famous met during that period comes up to bat late in the game i believe it was the eighth inning this is at shea stadium before it was before they moved to city field so this is old shea where you know it's loud and again people are this is like one of the first times people are getting back into together at large events and mike piazza the captain decides he's gonna fucking do something that you can watch now and be like holy shit i can't believe that happened so if you're 
listening. This is what it said. Listen to the eruption of the cloud of the crowd when he hits this ball. Lopez wants it away. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Mike Piazza. And the Mets lead three to two. He hit that ball a fucking mile. Dead center to Chase Stadium. Perfect swing. It, it wasn't like he pulled it down the line. Like this thing was a rocket. But that was the first one of the first moments after 9-11 where everyone was like, all right, let's take a deep breath. Let's slow down a little bit. We can still enjoy ourselves. We're gonna have to go fuck shit up because we don't know what's going on in the world right now. But it's okay to feel good for a little bit. And that was only what, 10 days after 9-11? People were still kind of scared to go outside. And the people that did show up to this game, because it's the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets pennant race. Like this is this was the a big a big game on its own, let alone a massive game for the country, New York, and everything going on. And then later that year, the New York Yankees were in the World Series. And this was about a month and a half after 9-11. Maybe it was the Halloween, maybe the day before 1030. Yeah. October 30th, um, we're just getting going into how the hell we're going to (coughs) go into Iraq or uh, Afghanistan. (coughs) You know, we're still trying to work out the kinks on who's responsible. We're still cleaning up rubble, you know, a few miles away at at ground zero. And I would say country's still on edge. Absolutely. Um, Especially because, again... The way 9-11 happened was it just it was sudden. Like, all of a sudden, there's a plane that's hitting. Planes are falling out of the sky, hitting fucking buildings. So a goat moment. I mean, say what you want about President Bush, but this is what this is a moment that's like, it's wild because, A, he's the president, and presidents just doing this in general is always risky. Ask JFK. Like, going out in public, especially to a crowd where you're in the center, is just asking for something to happen. So you tie you just that on it by itself is crazy and then you add in we just got like blocks away two of the most famous buildings in the world got knocked down in the biggest city in the world we don't know who's responsible we don't know what the fuck we're going to do about it but this guy decides he's going to fly to new york stand out on the mound and throw the first pitch of a world series game for tonight's ceremonial first pitch and please welcome the president of the united states
So for those of you that are watching on Twitch and on YouTube, he walks out from the Yankee dugout, walking out to the to the mound. You hear the chants of USA in the background. He's waving. And then he stands up on the... They give you like the short mound, the mound in front of the mound for celebrity that are, celebrities that are going to throw out. Because 90 feet's a long time. Like, that's, or 60 feet, 6 inches. That's a long fucking way to throw a ball. Like, it's not easy to do. And you have the crowd. They're chanting for you. You're the president. You're wearing a bulletproof vest. You know, you can throw 100 balls in practice. But you're out on that mound in that situation. Like, your adrenaline's going, all this stuff. And he stands there. He's got the FDNY pullover. You know, the fit is looking... <laughs> the fit is fresh. He gives a thumbs up to the crowd. They're chanting. He he delivers a fucking strike is what he... <laughs> I don't know how fast it was, but I mean, it was probably like Jamie Moyer speed. You know, the crafty lefty. Probably around seven, hovering around 71 at best. But this thing was a, right down the middle. Like, you couldn't, couldn't have thrown a better pitch for someone that's not a pitcher in that environment. Delivered a strike. Uh, Jeter told him beforehand, Derek Jeter, that is, unless you know another Jeter, um, you better not bounce it because they're going to boo you. Like, it's it's New York City. They don't really care. Like, it's, that's just how they are. And uh, he went out there and he telling you, delivered a strike. You really can't ask for a better pitch because when you're in that moment, I've seen people at even at little league games or minor league games that are former athletes. Now they're like 30 years old. Go out there and bounce one or they fucking sling it over the head. Like, they, they tried too hard. This dude went out there, cool, calm, collected, just got the, was hyping the crowd up and delivered a fucking pitch. So, um, that was definitely another cool moment. The Yankees ended up losing that series, which sucked ass. It was broken bat single over the second baseman's head. You know, whatever. Who's keeping track? But, yeah, uh, 9-11 was a weird time. Still is a weird time, post-9-11. Someone did ask me. <coughs> uh, this was... <coughs> say a month or two ago at work because they were born after 9-11 and like seeing them in the military now is kind of crazy like you're seeing people that aren't they just did like they didn't live even if you were like a newborn or something it wasn't like you lived through it but like you were born after 9-11 or before 9-11 now people are in the military and they're like was it really that different before 9-11 and i'm like i don't know like, yeah i was in seventh grade but yeah it was a lot different just the airport experience, I remember, is completely different. That's what I always refer to, because that's the thing I remember the most, is the airport experience was totally different back in the day. Like, you didn't have to show up two hours early and get checked through TSA and take your shoes off, all this shit. I remember walking through the airport with my dad on the way to a hockey tournament in Atlanta. This was before 9-11. Like, right, I think it was the summer before 9-11. And uh, we got there. We left out of JFK. It was a like 11 a.m. flight. We got there at like 10.15. And my dad was one of these like class classic dads that, you know, flights at 11 p.m. And they were up 5 a.m. the morning before getting everybody ready and shit. Like, he was one of those. And it was... We were there early. Like, according to him, we were there early at 10.15. Now... You show up at 10.15 to an airport, like, good luck. Like, you're not getting on that plane. For an 11 o'clock flight, it ain't happening. So, that's the only thing I remember before it. Like, I didn't really... Obviously, I wasn't driving or anything. I was in 7th or 8th grade, some shit like that. So, like... But, yeah, it's weird seeing people now being like, oh, how was it before? Was it really that much different? It's like, it was totally different. Plus, we didn't have all the technology we have now. We didn't have iPhones and cell phones and all this shit. Like... You got your news from the news or the newspaper. You didn't get it from your iPhone instantly or on Twitter or Facebook or anything. That shit just didn't exist. It wasn't there yet. So, but we're going to wrap it up. A little bit of a lighter note. Actually, you know what? 
We'll do that tomorrow, actually. It's getting late. We've been doing this 40 minutes now. I turned. The, I started recording about an hour ago, and I'm like, oh, it's not going to take me more than 20 minutes. I sh- I'll be good. Nope. I knew it was going to happen. Got a little choked up there. The ones on Twitch and YouTube can see that because I had to walk away and blow my nose. And you can probably hear it in my voice. I was a little, being a little short-winded there for a while. But um, yeah, I was walking Brady before, and uh, there's squirrels all over the place in my neighborhood. There's a lot of wildlife. There's like squirrels, chipmunks, rabbits, other dogs. So of course, Brady always alerts me when there's a squirrel because I see his ears perk up. He watches it. He doesn't really charge at him like he used to. He, he used to really charge at him. Now he takes a few steps towards him, and I think he knows he's never going to get one. But we saw one, and it climbed up a telephone pole. And that's their go-to move when Brady gets close to him. They climb into a telephone pole because he just stares at him, and that's it. Now, I don't know. I'm not a squirrel expert. I'm not the squirrel master, you know? But I have my headphones in, and they're on transparent, so I can hear what's going on around me. And it's not loud. I'm listening to a podcast. So yeah, I'm trying, I, have to, like, I want to be alert. Just in case there's a car, an animal, a dog, something I can hear. I don't want to just be, you know, zoned out with my headphones in. I see the squirrel climb the pole. We walk under the line where the pole is attached. So the pole, we're walking in the street, telephone wire or whatever, electric wire going over the street, connecting to another pole. I hear this thing through my headphones, like scream, like, and then I'm like, oh, shh. Like it, I heard it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's just the squirrel." But I've never heard a squirrel do that unless it's like getting attacked. And then this thing lands right in front of me. Like Brady was to my right because he was at the pole, and then the squirrel landed about three feet in front of me. It flopped onto its chest right in front of me, like flop. And I'm like, "Oh shit!" And then it like looked kind of at me and then ran away because Brady. That's when Brady came flying, and I was like, "Did that thing just kind of jump on me? Like, was it going to jump on me?" Or and then I seen it like running chasing another squirrel so i'm like maybe it jumped off to get to the other squirrel but i have seen flying squirrels in this neighborhood and i'm like i think it was trying to i don't think it was trying to attack me i think it was trying to fly off but then it saw me and like canceled (laughs) it like slide canceled halfway through and it just flopped onto the ground because i squirrels aren't aggressive towards humans especially if i have a dog you know like it's not going to come after me like especially with a dog if it was just me like i don't think it would attack a human but like maybe i was close to its his fucking um nest because according to ron mcgill the zoo expert down in zoo miami the only time animals really attack if they're not like aggressive animals to begin with is if you go by if you go either by their their children their seed or their nest so if it was like a mother nursing and you go near them like yeah you might get attacked i don't ever heard of it but i never heard about that with squirrels but that's the only explanation i can have is that maybe i got too close to its nest but even i'm walking in the middle of the road and the, what the, the only if it just fell in front of me, like oh, it just fell off, like it just fell off the wire. This thing screamed, like it, and then I heard it flop, and it just landed in front of me, and then like looked and took off, and I was like, oh shit, what the fuck was that? And then I thought, I was like, imagine that thing hit me and like it landed on my head. I mean, I have a pretty big head. If it landed on my head and I was getting attacked by a fucking squirrel, I'd have to call like I have to get a rabies shot, right? Like you would think, like why would a squirrel attack me? It had it would have. I would have had to get like a preemptive rabies shot just in case because you don't want to like miss rabies or like yeah, you misdiagnose or you under treat rabies because turn into a zombie, some shit like that. And then we have a whole apocalypse on our hands. Nobody wants that because I got attacked by a squirrel walking my dog. So with all that being said, we're going <laughs> to wrap this baby up. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to go over the polls from last week and um, the Spotify comments. 
So if you want to like, subscribe, share, comment, do it on any one of the socials, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Substack, all this stuff. So hopefully everyone has a good Monday night and we will see you in the morning.